Ryan Yee. Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me are co-hosts Robbie and Rob today, and we are going to be taking the entire episode to dive headfirst into the brand new raid, Vow of the Disciple. So what that means is, before we get into this, spoiler warning for the new raid. If you care about that stuff and you have somehow managed to avoid spoilers for the raid, uh, please turn off this podcast, go finish the raid, and then come back. So this past weekend, the Eventide gang jumped into Vow as part of the big World's First competition. Sadly, we did not end up getting a day one completion. Um, after about like, I want to say like seven and a half hours, probably yep. sounds right, uh, Rob and I called it a day at the like the second main encounter. But um to start this discussion off, Robbie, you and others uh, stuck it out for a little longer. How did your world's first weekend go? It was it was good. It was good. I think in the end, it's a, it's a bit of a mix because what happens with a lot of teams, especially, and I don't know if you follow like day ones, uh, but it's rare for like console groups to make it. Right. There, right. There, there's there's a few obviously. There, there's and there's even like uh, there's one guy who's like on on uh, one of the contender teams usually that he plays on PC but with a controller. So he's like a really like an outlier. Uh, but most of the teams are definitely always PC, and that's because a lot of the strats that go on is like switching exotics and switching weapons and switching things real quick on the go. And I think console players we're not so used to doing that. And that's true yeah because yeah, it among, ended up being like dps checks yeah but also just the, like the low times like now i just upgraded finally from like a 1s to a series s and again it's not like the fastest xbox but my menu opens like a million times faster than it used to <laughs> so i can actually switch weapons kind of on the go and you know not die in my menu um but yeah we, we kept trying for a while i think we got better at the dps the mechanics are not really the issue and it's always been like it i think the contest mode didn't feel as punishing as it did for example on vault of glass like you were literally getting one shot by a lot of things and on this one it didn't feel like that like it felt a bit more i don't know fair even though yeah. obviously you are in contest mode kind of like in a gm situation you know yeah um, but it was the dps check that stopped our team and uh I think once we saw the numbers, they posted them on the 12 uh, earlier today. We're recording this on a, on a Thursday. Uh, a lot of teams just literally couldn't get past the, D, the DPS check, which, you know, makes sense. And that's why it's a DPS check, I guess. So, but yeah, it's, it's fun because in the end, I think like we figured out the first encounter without having to like look at other teams and what they were doing and, and all the stuff. And I kind of did the same for the next uh, clear that I had after. They extended day one for 24 hours extra because, you know, issues with the servers and a lot of errors, people getting disconnected and booted. But on the second day, I actually decided to not keep at it because I thought, like, I could get a team that could get past the, the Kerber, but <laughs> I don't think there was a way... 
like I was, I, I did see at that point, like someone do the last boss and I was like, yeah, there's, there's no way uh, I, I'm going to find people like, you know, who's going to stick around and, and do that from like midnight until like 11 a.m. or something. So I decided to spend my time elsewhere. Uh, but it was fun. I, I think it was a, a good one. And it's it's fun to see a new one that was complicated and had people figuring things out and people having to cooperate more than normal. And because Bolt of Glass was different. Everybody knew what to expect. You know, there were a few changes and, and some champions here and there. But in reality, people already knew the raid. Yep. They knew the layout of the of the arenas, uh, and they knew kind of what to expect. Uh, and so this one had like a very different feel, and I think uh, everybody was like super excited. Yeah, it was it was a very exciting. I had never done a um, world's first race sort of thing. I've never been in there day one. So it, it's even if you don't make it super far, it is cool to be a part of that experience. And um, I think one of the coolest parts of doing a raid day one, probably the coolest part of it all is just like figuring out all the mechanics and stuff and working together. I think that's a lot of fun, just not knowing what to do. And then the rewarding feeling you get having like gone in there at the beginning, having no idea what to do. There's no explanation. And then somehow figuring it out by the end of it. And then it's just a very, very cool feeling. So, um, but uh, Rob, what, what did, what was your, what were, what were your feelings and thoughts on the, um, on your world's first experience? Um, <clears throat> well, there's, there's kind of two aspects to that. I won't go into one of them. I've, I've talked with you, Scotty, a little bit on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but my overall experience was I, it was not as crazy and insane as I thought it was. Robbie, you kind of talked about like, I, I very seldom found myself getting one shot. Um, it was definitely like you had to pay attention. You couldn't be goofing off. Um, but enemies went down like relatively easy and and like it wasn't as insanely like there definitely the DPS check was was apparent that the there was a level um, kind of delta. But in terms of like, especially the first encounter where it's a lot more just like. Smaller, you know, red bar enemies, it was it's, it felt manageable and it felt like there was a, a, a reasonable um, openness to be able to interact with the mechanics and try to actually spend time figuring those out without also having to juggle a, an insane like combat encounter as well. Um, so I think it was it felt kind of well balanced in that aspect where it like we all had the opportunity to kind of explore the the play area, go into the rooms, figure out what to do. Um, without the constant looming threat of if I'm not pumping Gallahorn shots into every red bar that I see, I'm doing <laughs> something wrong. So I thought that that was good. It removed a little bit of stress um, and the the sort of light level kind of issue with contest mode was more focused on a, as a DPS check on the caretaker, which was the second encounter, um, which I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. Um, I I mean, we we. We got through the first encounter in probably what five hours? Five hours, five um, grueling hours. Yeah, and we we spent you know we got to the the caretaker, uh, and it felt it felt pretty apparent that like we were going to need to completely reevaluate our our DPS system when we got to the caretaker, where it was like 
man, there are six of us just pumping everything we got into it. We are completely depleted on heavy ammo and we can't even get past that first kind of flashing bar section of his health. Like, oh, man, this is going to be this is going to be rough. And I I I, I do want to say, you know, I I don't think you and I called it a night because it was like, oh, we're not going to get past this. It was just like, you know, I felt like we accomplished something as a as a group. And considering a bunch of us had never done day one raid before, uh, it was certainly a thrill to kind of like figure out the encounters and go in there and have fun. Uh, so I overall, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing with you guys. I thought it was a blast. It was fun to live stream um, and and kind of just go through that experience. So I'm glad we did it. Uh, and yeah, I'm bummed out we didn't finish it. But I mean, considering it was kind of like our first time as a as a raid group uh, trying to complete a day one raid. Um, I didn't have high hopes. And again, it's it's not like I'm doubting your guys' abilities or my ability. It's just we've never kind of done this collectively as a group where we've we've grinded out for 16 or 20 straight hours. Um, and I don't think any of us really had like the fortitude or or intent to do that. Uh, like some groups do. So all in all, I think it was a fun experience. I think we got to grow as a as a team. Um, and I think it was a, a good positive experience overall. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I um yeah, I called it I called it at, at that seven and a half, eight eight hour mark because you know I, I was exhausted. I had stuff to do. And the problem is, you know, you get to the caretaker and then you're noticing that you can't, you know, this DPS check is is kind of insane. And I'm sitting there with like Gallahorn and my Argent Ordinance and stuff, and I'm just like picturing what the final boss is going to look like if we're going to have to like micromanage our everyone's DPS setup the entire mm-hmm. time. And I just was not looking forward to doing that because like I'm doing everything I possibly have set up. I don't want to like go around asking everybody and making sure everyone has like the most optimal stuff. So my my follow up question to you guys is, um, I'll flip it over to you, Robbie, first. What do you guys think of these uh, this this DPS check system? Do you think it was too much, or do you think it was you know no, fair I and valid? Fair, I think it's fair. Like, see, the thing the thing is, like, again, for example, when I did Vault of Glass, right, we had a team. We ran preparation raids like a lot. We had people who were not with that, and I'm not saying it's wrong because I know you're like more casual player than maybe some of us are, right? But you don't have the optimal thing and you don't care about it so much, which is also fun. Like, I, I, again, I'm not trying to hate on it. But when we went into Bolt of Glass, we had like this group of six guys that we were raiding every other week, like on and off. We got like Flawless, uh, Deepstone Crypt. We were grinding for the optimal roles on, on the optimal weapons that we were planning to use. And and so like that's some sort of preparation that takes you somewhere farther, right? Because you already know that you are gonna be in contest mode. You're already underpowered. You need that. You need it to pass the DPS check. Which in the end, like once you see it and once you get the mechanics down, is so you understand that once the contest mode is gone and it happened now literally for the caretaker, you can have like three people with good DPS and, and that's it. Like it, it it's gated. Right, it doesn't even let you do more DPS than than you you need to. So at that point, you don't need six people running optimal things. You just need like you know three four people who are decent at what they're doing, and and that's it. So it's a completely different thing. But if you want to pass these DPS checks, you need to be in that mentality. You need to have the people who grinded it out and you know are gonna try and get it. So yeah, I was on the same boat. Like I, I just wanted to have fun and I wanted to see uh, how 
you know, the story was going to develop and how the the art that we saw was going to end up looking, you know, realized into an actual raid. And I think that was a great experience. But I also knew that it was most likely something we were not going to achieve. And then, you know, we didn't really achieve it because we didn't have six people on optimal on optimal setups. So mm-hmm. I think, I th- and, and that's why it's a race, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it just lasts for a day. Well, this time it lasted for two days. Right. But but that's the point of it, right? Like if you really want it and if you really want to compete, you're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to grind it out. You're going to have to have the optimal setups. And uh, and those are the teams that get through. And then the rest of us just, you know, to, to do it for fun, which is, I think, for me, also like a valid reason to to hang out. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. It's a pretty awesome experience. I'm with you. Rob, um, what is your response to that question? Do you feel the same about the, the whole DPS check thing? Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't it wasn't so egregious. I mean, if you look at the stats, there were on the on the 48 hour time span, there was 131,000 people that cleared the caretaker. So like, obviously, it wasn't that insane. And I, I agree with Robbie. I think I think if we really were going to be some crazy hardcore team, uh, I think, it, first of all, we would have probably wanted to verify that we were going to be in it to win it and like fully committed to, you know, a 16 hour day. Um, and I, I, I kind of told myself, like, look, I'm if we if we kept going and we made it all the way to the end to the final boss and we were at like eight hours or 10 hours. Hell, yeah, I'll, I'll keep going. And, and like, obviously, we have that. We have that momentum. But when we were at like the eight hour mark and it was just kind of like, you know, I think I think it was getting close to to calling it. But certainly, Robbie, I, I agree that there's a lot more that we could have done. We could have made sure that we a were if we really, really wanted to do it in the first 24 hours. You know, we needed to make sure that we could all commit to at least 16 hours or you know, all 24 hours and, and be willing to, like, coordinate our sleep schedules and all that. Um, and and ultimately do a bunch of planning beforehand of like, hey, what's going to be everyone's uh, DPS choices and what's your plan B and what's your plan C? And yeah, are you running Argent Ordinance and do you have the right mods and are you getting charged with light properly? And are, is there value in running volatile rounds or should we doing weakening effects? Like we could have we could have done that, right? We could have met beforehand and done a bunch of prep and and tried to, you know, highly optimize our dps and we could have like you said robbie too we could have spent a bunch more time kind of planning together and working together and doing a bunch of other raids together to make sure we've got that kind of like team synergy and we didn't do that um and i and i think yeah like you said there's nothing wrong with calling it a race because i think it is it is meant to be for the truest of tryhards um but i think all the same at least it was set up so that a team who was willing to invest the time and try to work together could at least get through the first encounter in that first 24 hours pretty reasonably. Um, you know, the the mechanics weren't so convoluted that it wasn't like slowly unraveling and working its way out as we were doing it. And it wasn't like an immediate DPS check where unless everyone's got that optimized team, you're going to be on that same encounter for 16 hours. Cause I think that's also kind of an important thing to take into yeah. consideration it is no one's going to, yeah, no mm-hmm. one's going to want to play the same room for 16 hours straight. Like you got to give, you got to give some kind of care to chase. And so I think, and they, they've always done a good job of doing that, right? They've never made the first, 
uh, or sometimes second encounter too insanely difficult or challenging because it kind of dips your toes in there. Ultimately, that's to kind of introduce you to the mechanics and all of that. But I think I think overall it was it was set up well. I think it's appropriate and perfectly fine to have like high health DPS checks because obviously there was 131,000 people able to overcome that DPS check um, and 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 succeed. So you know, good good for them. They had that coordination. They they put their heart into it in a way that 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 we didn't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And it makes me kind of want to the next time we we have another raid, kind of like reconsider that because you know we are we are still getting a a previously released raid sometime this expansion. Uh, and I certainly think that we should try to do this again. Uh, and maybe this time around, we'll we'll have that kind of meeting or session the day before and kind of go over stuff and try to raid a little bit more together leading up to that point. And maybe we'll get to through two or three encounters the next time, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like we did, we did fairly well for being yeah. the, the team composition that, that we have. Also, because like even simple things, you don't even have to go that far. But like, and again, not, not to throw you into the flames, Scotty, but like he only has a hunter, right? Right. What if we, for that fight, needed an extra you know titan with a shield or um with the banner shield or something and then we don't have it yeah that's fair you know so so like these kind of teams do that and they will cycle out the classes even for the whatever right. requires in the encounter but we don't ha we didn't have that and we don't have that and so for this one for example we got as far as the dps check without any planning without any nothing just everybody just logged on with with the character they wanted with the weapons they wanted right without anybody like uh you know bothering anybody for like oh don't use this use that it, it was just for right. fun and, and we got far and i enjoyed it and i think that's really great because you can see that i had friends who were doing vault of glass day one and they couldn't even open the door after like three four hours right literally not opening the door and and that's the frustration that you were talking about just now right like they were putting three four right. hours into a right. thing without seeing a single drop without seeing anything else except right. the outside and and that was frustrating for those people i remember like you know hearing all the all the comments about that so i think this one definitely gave you a, a better tease at anything yeah that wasn't just like opening the gates to, to something bigger. And I think once you get through, like, and, and I know we had that moment, right? Uh, I, I still have like the Scotty's uh, screenshot of looking in, in, at the distance at what then later we found out was like the, the last arena, the last boss encounter, right. like far in the distance with the worm. So. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll, we'll get to aesthetics in, in a bit. So let's, let's not, <laughs> let's not deviate too much. Because I, oh, I yeah. really, really want to talk about the the actual aesthetics of the raid in a minute. Absolutely, yeah. So um, let's start off by talking about the encounters. And simply put, because this is a video game after all, outside of contest mode, is this run is the raid fun to play for you guys? So so Rob, what did you think of the very first encounter? Um, not even just the first main encounter, but how about that opening part where you're getting into that pyramid? In the swamp, okay, the whole yeah, Louisiana yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have, I, I, yeah, I think it's funny that you're in a swamp and then the fusion rifle is called Deliverance. I, I, I feel like that had to have been intentional. <laughs> um, but uh, although Deliverance doesn't really take place on a swamp, anyway, that's a good movie. Uh, watch it. Anyone who hasn't seen Deliverance, it's pretty intense, but it's a good movie. Uh, no, uh, so 
I think it was cool. It was it's it's neat. Like we had all even kind of made jokes and predicted like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if the the escort uh, public event gets turned into uh, uh, an encounter in the raid? And sure enough, that's like how you open the door. Um, I think it's great. Like people can solo it. Um, I also think it's cool that they turn that into a a pinnacle reward mission after the raid was completed, um, which is also kind of neat. Uh, it allows it, it's any time that you allow people to get into the raid areas and just kind of screw around in there. That was something that I think was was a great addition to. Uh, again, I'm going to jump back to D1 uh, when House of Wolves came out and there was missions where you realize that. Um, Skolos was trying to bring back Fallen from other time periods by like kidnapping the oracles or basically he goes down in the vault of glass. And so you have a, you have a mission where you go down into the vault of glass and take out some some oracles and you take out some fallen that have they're kind of nosied their way down in there. I think getting people an opportunity to play in the raid space outside of having to play a raid is always a cool opportunity. Um, and I think I think it's cool that they added a, a like a weekly mission where you get an opportunity to go in there and do that. Um, and you you get a chance to kind of dabble a little bit with like light raid mechanics in the process. Uh, but I think the swamp like aesthetically, that was really, really cool. The mechanic itself was not really any kind of reflection on the rest of the mechanics. Um, but that that opening encounter is kind of fun. It's it's a little frustrating that there's not any kind of reward. There is a secret chest that you can get, but there's not any kind of reward for like how long it takes to do that encounter. You think there's yeah. some kind of drop. Um, yeah, it's not but, hard, but it is time consuming. It is. And considering on day one, uh, we got disconnected and had to do it twice. <laughs> uh, also like it immediately was like oh my gosh like i was like it I, and and then we got booted to orbit a second time and i was about ready to call it there but fortunately it gave us a checkpoint because I, I was like i'm not gonna do this a like, fourth or fifth time like yeah I, and and it from, from what i've talked to the folks in my clan i think a couple of them had to do it several times um and so I, I'm glad we didn't have we didn't have too much of a of an issue. But uh, first encounter was kind of fun. Again, it, it's a cool just kind of like introduction into this, like because what the pyramid ship itself is like sunken into the swamp, and you really kind of get that feeling because you're like, where are we, you know? And then you finally get to the the pyramid ship, you're like, oh, okay, this is awesome. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, cool first. Absolutely. Robbie, what about you? What are, what are your thoughts on the very first opening encounter? I think it goes by so quickly now. Like in contest mode, yeah, it felt like a bit more challenging, and yeah, and that's also fair. we didn't know exactly what to do, right? And uh, but yeah, it was frustrating. I think more because of the disconnects and and the errors that we're getting than anything else. But now, like having you know cleared it three times in normal, it goes by like. It goes by insanely quickly. Like it really, really it takes nothing. And also, I did do the first secret. So on the first clear we got, I got a red border linear fusion rifle. Uh, I got I got two of them, and then I ended up getting another one. And then I just went with my other characters, and one was over like thirteen fifty. He was still thirteen fifty, and I got in and I got the secret chest, which gave me another one. So I ended up with like four. So I, one more and I'll be able to craft it. Nice. Um, so it, it, it's it's doable living alone. And, you know, it's like one of those things that, yeah, you'll see, and you see the videos now, you know, like, oh, free chest. You know, if you don't have friends or anybody to play with, <laughs> uh, you can still get something. 
and that's kind of weird. But I think I don't know. I I I, I wouldn't consider it an encounter now that I saw it on normal mode. That's the thing. And so that's why I'm not super upset that it doesn't have a chest, kind of like opening the gates on Vault of Glass or something. But, but it actually, does have like opening the, the gates chest. on Vault does have a chest. Yeah, exactly. But that's an encounter in a way, right? Like it is. Uh, there's a mechanic. You gotta do this. I don't know. On this one, it's just like just kill stuff, traversing through it, and 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 you get the the secret chest. And I think that's the thing I like about this one is like. It leads you into the the pyramid, and without and the first time it was like you know you didn't know what to expect, and so you're kind of looking everywhere, and there's like these, you know, buildings, and you can go in them, and there's nothing, and then there's this corn, and and it's I don't know, it it really sets up the mood really well, I think, and you start seeing the symbols once you get in, and and still without getting you know to the first actual encounter, you're already kind of like thinking, what is this for, right? What are we supposed to do with this? And uh, I don't know. I, I think I think it's fair. I, I think it, it's fair the way they don't put a, a pinnacle. On the speaking about the other one, though, the mission that we got now, the the preservation mission, right? That you mentioned. I actually liked the whole like it gives you what like fifteen hundred seconds. It says. Yep. And there's like a long dialogue between Raulk. I don't know if it's Rolk, Raholk, Arholk. <laughs> I think he's from Spain. That that's what I'm guessing. He looks like kind of like a you know dancer. He's definitely a soccer player. Like a flamenco dancer or something. So so I think he's from Spain. He has the little hat and the, and the you know. Um, but there's like the conversation between him and and the witness that we'll we'll get into later. Uh, the only thing that I didn't like. Uh, well, no, what I did like was that you can go back in and there's like more secrets to get, right? Like there's all these like symbols that were at the beginning before the first encounter that now we know what to do that actually give you lore. Um, and it's kind of like a neat thing to discover. And also the time that they give you to go back and get all these lore things after you do it and, and how the scorn flooded into the pyramid after we kind of like cleared it out. Right. Kind of adds to the to the story of the whole thing. What I did not like, though, uh, is that w- w- there was the dungeon, right? There's no dungeon. It kind of like the whole last wish opened the shattered throne thing. There's no dungeon, and and they took away the pinnacles from prophecy, and now you only have theirs of eternity giving pinnacles, and not pinnacles, sorry, pinnacle only one, not three. So. There's no dungeon. No, yeah, it used to give three and two secret chests. So it was three pinnacles, and now we only have one pinnacle, and it's gated behind the $25 purchase for people who don't have it, right? So if you don't have... So if you don't have... Wait, the the dungeon? No, Grasp of Avarice. Oh, I think it's the Dares of Eternity. No, 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 the dungeon, Grasp of Avarice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so if you don't have that purchased you don't have a dungeon with pinnacles right now. So I think that's kind of like lame. Um, yeah, I think so too. It's frustrating. Anyways, um, onto the second encounter. So the second encounter is like the first main encounter. And that's the one after you go through the pyramid and you finally, you know, you get to see that master skybox, which we'll talk about later, the coolest thing ever. And then you have the scorn, 
showdown with all the symbols and everything. It's your first introduction to the entire symbol system, which um, which I know we have some some thoughts on. So, Rob, what were your thoughts on this first encounter? Um, either either with contest mode or without whatever you feel is is necessary to talk about. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think ultimately contest mode doesn't. It, it seemed pretty reasonable to do with contest mode. Um, I think if if I'm evaluating it as a an introduction to the raid in terms of getting a sense for mechanics, understanding the overarching theme, getting kind of a flavor of kind of the hecticness uh, that awaits you in, in further encounters, I think in that aspect, it was a very well-designed first encounter. Um, I actually want to kind of point out why well, I guess not necessarily point out, but I think I was kind of thinking about this as I was playing through the raid that it has like elements from a ton of other raids kind of like revamped, reimagined like this felt like a complicated version of the confluxes in Vault of Glass where you have like you have three things that you're trying to defend. Um, but this time you've got one person defending and another person kind of running around um, but the the kind of the general idea is the same of you have to defend it for X amount of time. Um, and then that's like how you get through the encounter and you have to do it three times. Um, but I think I think overall, the the encounter is well designed. Um, a, a good kind of first first introduction to to a raid. I think it was I, I, I liked it a lot more than like, say, something like uh, uh, Garden of Salvation first encounter. Like, I, I don't really care for that that encounter. So, oh, the um, the vomiting harpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that that sort of becoming like a a, a theme throughout the because again, again, the, the the raids do sort of follow a very standard kind of structure where it's like you have one encounter that introduces you to like probably one of the main themes, and then the next encounter kind of like does something with that, but then introduces some new element. Uh, and then the third maybe kind of mixes it around, and the fourth is sort of like you're probably using a bunch of them in some different fashion, right? Like that's yep. typically the flow of raids. And of course, you can come up with counterexamples for for what I just stated. But in general, that's like what you do with raids in Destiny. Um, and I think that this kind of it it did that really well, uh, and and sort of serves like to be honest, I like when I'm trying to think of like getting someone introduced to the concept of raiding um i still think vault of glass is probably the easiest because the mechanics itself on that are are really easy to explain i'd agree um like like on the first one complex is just like don't let anything sacrifice itself like okay you you don't need a video to understand something like that and then as as it goes on it gets a little more complicated a little more complicated and and finally when you get to atheon it's a it's a you know, combination of a, of a few different things that you learn along the way, but ultimately it's not overly convoluted. This, I would say, uh, besides the third encounter, certainly the first and second encounter are pretty approachable in terms of trying to explain to a first time raider what to do. Uh, and, and I think you can be relatively successful. I don't know if that was their intention, um, because this is like Witch Queen and you get a lot of new people coming in. This is like maybe their first expansion. Um, but I think I think in terms of like if I were to evaluate all the first encounters from a bunch of different raids off the top of my head, this is probably one of the more approachable, not necessarily easy, but definitely in terms of like 
just trying to explain what to do and ultimately helping set the stage for what is to come. I think this is probably one of the most effective in that sense. Okay, fair enough. Robbie, what about you? I think it reminded me more of the baseball one from Garden of Salvation rather than the first one. Like the it didn't baseball? Yeah, yeah, the baseball one where you have like the people protecting, you know, the four pillars and then you have the runner guy going around uh-uh. one and the other one to give them the, the buff to be able to break yeah, okay. the shields. I could see it reminded that. me more of that mixed with the vault from, from Last Wish, which uh, you guys mentioned before we started recording. And I think it's kind of like a good mix in a way. It, it, I think it worked well because one of the problems with the vault encounter in Last Wish is that the, the arena is so small, right? Yeah. And the funny thing about that one is that it's trying to teach people something that they never learn, which is the path on the last right. encounter, right? And then you get there and, and someone who's never done it is like, where do I go now? And then they're all lost. And it's like, you just literally went through here, right? right. But they don't realize it. And right. I think this one didn't have like those kind of mistakes where the, comp- the overcomplication wasn't in, in like, in something like that, right? Like, like you're gonna forget after two encounters or something. It, it was more like it was really straightforward. Of like, all right, we're we're giving you like these two symbols. You call it whatever you want, but if you aim at them, they tell you their own name, which I right. think was like a really good thing on Bungie's part to kind of like standardize the name of the things. Yes, and and then have like people just you know have some experience because again like this is not a new game and i agree with you that there's a lot of new people but i think a lot of people who get into games like this have certain experience with other similar you know games mmo wish and obviously first person shooters and whatnot probably yeah but uh so it, it felt like easy enough so that most people can get it but not easy to the point where like you can just stand there and kill stuff because even if you're protecting you still have to call out the room and call out which side you need and 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 still learn where the ads are going to spawn of like the two locations that you're given and be efficient and doing that so that you can still communicate what you're going to need um so so it it puts it in in a position where like you can still help people out and and have them do something and they still feel like they're contributing something, right? Like right. everybody feels part of the team. It's not like I'm just here clearing ads, right. you know? So, so I really appreciated that because that was something that we didn't get on other ones where like you said, you know, you can just bring someone to Bolt of Glass and literally don't tell them anything and, and still get through it. Right. No, um, and, and sorry, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 tell me, tell me. Sorry. I was going to say, I, you, you bring up a good point that I, I didn't think about or I kind of maybe pushed to the back of my brain, but you're absolutely right in that in, this is, so you brought up the, the, I've never heard it referred to as the baseball uh, encounter, but <laughs> I, I totally get what you're talking about. Well, there's two sides on that one. If you play with European people, they'll be like one, two, three, four. But if you play with Americans, they'll be like base, first, second, and third. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's so funny. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and that's why I would even advocate that this is so good at teaching mechanics, because even if you are taking the defender role, which is, you know, again, traditionally in raids, who you give the new person that task, uh, they're still forced to interact with the overarching mechanic, and that is the reading symbols 
And and hopefully then by the time they get to the second or third encounter where maybe they have to give a support role, they still recognize those symbols as like, oh yeah, that's that's grief or oh yeah, that's love or oh yeah, that's, you know, uh, Cuphead. Well, I'm still going to call it Cuphead forever. Yeah, everybody <laughs> does. It, 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 it kind of, it, again, it, it sort of imprints in their brain like, oh, I need to kind of remember these symbol names and call outs. And even if it isn't my primary task, there's a lot of opportunity in this raid for support people to still kind of contribute by helping call out symbols or remember symbol names or help shoot pillars at various times or shoot doors uh, with those symbols. So I think it, it you're right, it is it is always sort of injecting the mechanics in some way. Uh, and that I think was kind of an effective tool as well. So yeah, I, I agree with you, Robbie. So on the topic of call outs and stuff like that, Rob, I know you were pretty upset with the whole symbol thing <laughs> during the raid. Has your opinion changed at all? Or has it, are you, are you still just not a big fan of like the whole symbol thing and the whole like last wish times five situation that that's going on here so i've I've definitely cooled off a little bit since then (laughs) um i i am still not a fan of how many symbols there are i i do concede to robbie that like you can literally aim on them and it gives you the name and i that is one thing that is i feel a huge improvement over last wish in that there's no there should be no ambiguity as time goes on in in remembering the names of all of those symbols uh because again the, just the the longer you're in those rooms the more times you have to interact with them the better you're going to be at remembering oh it's not cuphead it's a drink and it's not guy with black hole in his chest it's grief <laughs> you know it's like and so it 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 provides a great way to homogenize the naming system, to remove any ambiguity. So I think it's effective in that way because I still to this day am not a huge fan of, you know, Eight Snake or Infinity Snake or Uwu Snake or Bird pointing <laughs> down to the left or Dragon pointing to the right holding spear. Yeah, Uwu Snake is where it's like a W. I, yeah, I and one, of, one of the previous funny. one of the previous clans with people who watch a lot of anime, I guess. One of the yeah, one of the previous clans I was in always referred to it as as Uwu Snake. So that's like but 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 you but that's see what I'm saying is you said Cloud Snake. I don't know what you're talking about. I know it is Uwu Snake. And that's where I still kind of have a problem with right. with Last Wish because it's so many syllables and words to get out some of those symbols, whereas this, they're all one word things. They messed up, though. I And uh, again, like this is like something for later on because it happens like after or like before the last encounter. There's a wall that has symbols, right? Right. So, and it's not an encounter, so I think we can bring this up now. And every time you run it, there, there's like, I don't remember how many, but like all of them, you know, literally all of them. And one of them is going to be lit up. And it doesn't do anything. It's just like one is lit up. That's it. So what the community started to do is like, you know, find in, in people's bots that were streaming, like which one was lit up. And now we have the whole thing. And it's like an actual phrase. It's like a story. It, it starts with like scorn worships darkness and the traveler this and that and blah 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 and then it ends up with like like i think it's the traveler kill blank well and we don't know no one has yet. yeah no one has a, a run with that last one lit up 
So I think it's just like uh, something's going to happen and it's made that way. Like that one will always be blank and, and it's a phrase. So I think they named the symbols like that. But I did notice that then going back to the symbols, uh, the one that they called Scorn, everybody calls Forsaken because it's a Forsaken right. logo. And and the one that they called Savatoon, everybody calls Witch Queen. Like, yeah, they tried, right. but it's not good. Like, at some point, the community is going to keep calling it Forsaken. It's just easier, right? And a Ascendant is. Plane is too long to say. Yeah. Umbrella so a lot of people better. still say Umbrella or Ascend. Yeah. Ascend or something like that. Yeah. So so right. so there's that there's the the thing, and then you know, as, like you said, once you run it more times, because at the beginning that one is perfect. It teaches you three things: dark or light. You know, easy enough. Right. It, it starts with some doors, and then again, um, dark or light, which comes up like you understand that the pyramid and dark are the same thing, and then right. the traveler and light are the same thing. And it's like a whole storytelling with these glyphs and 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 the story in the end, like I said, it's written in a wall. Um, so so I thought that was like cool storytelling being brought into mechanics. And I just my only thing is like, how can I learn this in like two days? But like I failed chemistry because I could never learn like the periodic table, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but periodic table is what how one hundred and. 37 elements or something like that this right. is 26 okay uh, but I, could, I could i don't know 26 anyway you know what i mean that's fair so <laughs> <laughs> but so so uh, all of that to say i uh, like as i think as time goes on it will be better and i think they did a better job of implementing i'm still just not fundamentally a fan of like, cause, cause at one point we thought we needed to write these things down because we thought we were going to need to memorize all of them and i and i I'm not trying to like pick on PC versus like console, but like I, I the clan that I'm in is primarily um, PC players. And so when we were doing certain encounters, they could just type in what the symbols were and we could just leave the, the chat open and see what those were. Console doesn't necessarily have that luxury short of like getting an external keyboard for their console, which not many people do. Uh, so I like, Yes, you can technically get away without needing to do it, but there was a couple of times when we were doing like the third encounter where it's like we had to rush back a couple of times and like remember which symbol was the same for for both of them. Like, oh, it was stop or oh, it was kill, and it was like. But it just... wasn't a problem of the symbols. It was, and and I was not remembering. I think what happens is the problem of of in the end like teamwork and and understanding the mechanic better because and we'll get to the the running encounter right, but like. So we got to the point where you communicate what needs to be communicated. Like, there's no need to read one side and the other side. The first side gets read. The second right. side just matches. Right. And they so say, then okay, you get stop. Yeah. Right. So but, you just but, say one. And then you don't have six things in your head. You just have one thing in your head. And, and that's like something that I've seen from like the first runs to, to like my latest runs. It, it just becomes more efficient. But I think in the end, it's, it's like, it's not so much about the symbols and, and thing. It's about like literally making people cooperate efficiently. Yeah. And the more efficient they get, the less communication there is and the faster things go. And, and it's been happening just like during the span of like less than a week, you know? So like we, we've had runs from like five hours drop down to like an hour and a half now. Right. And people doing it in under an hour, even like flawless runs and stuff. So, 
I don't think it's, it's so much of a problem with the symbols as much as people need to run it more times and then understand that this like this is the thing that is important to convey to others. Yes and no. I I still just I don't. I think I think sitting there having to memorize even even two symbols. There was there was a couple of times where it became an issue. Even though we like we because I we we did start to adopt kind of the idea where it's like one person calls out their three, and then the other person can just derive what it is from that right. Oh, stop or grief or kill, uh, and then everyone has in their brain kill. But it still became an issue, and it got it always gets that like slightly hectic and. You're telling, oh, you got to go take out the night to extend the timer. And then, oh, what was the first one? No one can remember. It just, it became an issue enough times. And you're you're probably right. As time goes on, it will get easier. And, and you'll kind of learn those little tricks and methods. It just, fundamentally, I don't, I'm just not a fan of that as, as a mechanic. It doesn't matter that it will eventually be easier. I just, I'm not a fan of it. That's, that's what it, that's what it comes down to is I think just having a, a butt ton of symbols to to constantly have to interact with isn't isn't interesting to me. I think the encounters themselves were interesting, but the the overarching theme of memorizing all these symbols and calling them out constantly and having to shoot pillars with the symbols on there that wasn't interesting to me. And I don't think it ever will be. And it's not a it's not a mastery in my opinion. It's it's just a I don't find it interesting as that's like fair. that's how you do it. That's fair. I think I caught it the other way of like for example uh the last encounter in vault of glass where the callouts for for the proxies that you need to shoot right they're always changing but the encounter is basically the same there's only six things that you need to know where they're going to spawn uh and the order of them rather because you only see three and right. i think this one to me it feels like it i like the feeling that every run is going to be different that that I I can't memorize that I have to go into this room first. That I can't memorize that this is gonna be the answer to opening the door. That I cannot just run it without being on the microphone with other people, right? And having like a group experience. Like I think in a way it is forcing you to interact with other people and make it more of a sociable experience. But it's also giving me a variety in every run that I have. Because, like, for me, the, the thing I notice is that when it gets hectic and when you're, like, losing track of which symbols are being called out, is because something else is going wrong. Because hats are not getting killed, because someone died, because somebody needs a rest, because somebody didn't cleanse, because, you know, like, it, it, that's the thing that makes the communication deteriorate. But when those things go smoothly and when you have people that are doing what there need, needs to be done, the communication flows so easily. But anyway, the, the run is still being, you know, altered by, by this. So it doesn't feel the same. same. It, it gives me a bit of variety and I like that. So I'm, I'm on the other side on, on this. But I, I do understand that for some people it's going to be like, well, you know, I can go into like DSC and run it with a group without microphones and maybe except the last boss. But and sometimes not even. I think you can even do the last boss without microphones. So... <laughs> so here's my follow-up question to you guys. No matter where you stand on whether you like symbols or not, would you guys want to see symbols be used for a third time in raids? No. <laughs> I, 
figured yeah. <laughs> figured, figured that would be your just, answer. I just I want to I want to kind of respond to something Robbie said, where it's like what what you pointed out with that encounter, where it's like oh, cause, because someone maybe messed up and they didn't like they didn't call it they needed a cleanse. Like that whole that whole encounter is interesting, especially in like the third and fourth room because it it is so hectic and requires like I, I would almost wish it more if like the reliance wasn't on memorizing symbols but more like oh we have this glyph keeper that can only be taken down with this type of artifact oh now we need to communicate where that person needs to go like you could still make all of that interesting and completely eliminate the need for the symbols the symbols are just a formality of who can memorize two words when it comes time to shooting him at the door. I think I think that, that encounter is more interesting and hectic when it comes down to like the relic holder has to run back and forth and cleanse people and you don't want to deviate too far and you need to kind of make sure the person holding the the taken blight thing is able to to kind of move around fast enough while also getting cleansed. Like I think that whole encounter, you could eliminate the symbols completely and have it be just as hectic and stressful and and have still required communication of like indicating oh again the blight person needs to go over to this side to eliminate the blight versus oh they went to the right side instead like symbols are completely a, a consequence of all of that and that's kind of the thing with with each of these symbols is like short of the first encounter actually indicating what room you need to go into like the second encounter, the only reason you have the symbols is because you have to remember which two or three you picked up and then shoot them in an order. That's another thing that I want to talk about, and that's probably the most egregious problem that I have fundamentally with the raid. It's not the symbols. It's the time window that you get for shooting them on the, the obelisk pillars. I think it is way, way, way too short and way too unforgiving to the point where it like it's a problem. I, I have, have only a, one person shooting them? Sometimes, because sometimes that that especially on the caretaker, like I've I've tried to have teams like, hey, if you're on ad clearing, I would really really help out with I'd like some help with the obelisks. But like the the teams that I've done it with, we've done two two and two, where two of us are the ones yeah. running back and forth. And yeah. usually on the last two sets, you can have both people contributing. But I've had issues where like it just it also sometimes just feels a little buggy. Now obviously maybe we are putting the wrong symbols in. But there's a there's enough times where I'm like, this feels wrong, and I don't know why it didn't accept mine. Like I either I was the window was too short, or I didn't shoot him fast enough. Like I don't know. I just I think that that part of the mechanic is too unforgiving, and it's like frustratingly unforgiving. Where it's like the challenge should be remembering what symbols you picked up, not how quickly can you run around. Because what if you get unlucky and you have to shoot one on each face? Like that's really really annoying. Yeah. And I, well, I, I again, think that's that's like a matter of experience because I think like the teams that I've been running with, what they do now is like you don't go and pick up whatever and then come out and try to shoot it. You look at it and then go in and pick up exactly what you want to pick up. So you can shoot like one phase with a single like fusion rifle blast without letting the recoil go like up. Broop, you shoot three on one side. That's it. You're done. And if you feel like you don't have time, you have the second person like, oh, I picked a wrong one by mistake, you tell the person who's outside which one, and then once it's your turn, the, the other runner that goes in, and he shoots that other one for you. So you shoot okay. him two on one side, and you shoot the other one. So like, I think that also became easier once we started to figure out, like, okay, how do we optimize this to yeah. avoid those mistakes? 
And now with people being able to like literally almost stone lock these Kerber like to death, yeah. in, in, yeah, they have enough time. So yeah, I think it's more about like the 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 way you're doing it. You know, don't go pick up and then try to find them. Like you know, find them because you already want to find them. That's that's fair. I will say in that last room, as as large as the gaps are and as large as that room is, I would say you don't necessarily always have that luxury. Um, especially if you have two people and you're acquiring that, that prevailing darkness. Um, I, I, I just, I feel like it's easier said than done sometimes. I will agree with you that I, I, I have seen, I have seen people stun the, the caretaker for a very, very long time. And it is kind of comical, like how quickly the two pillar runners can, can fill like the obelisk. And it's like the guys barely even made it up the ramp. So like, I definitely, that I will say fundamentally this raid rewards mastering each of these mechanics in a way that like I don't know if I've ever really experienced before where it's like wow you can really you can really just like burn through stuff if you know what you're doing I just there's a couple things where it's like that the cuz like what you're saying is is good in the ideal situation but sometimes you have to like you have to grab what symbols are near you and get out of there and it's just like there's times where it rejected it and it felt like it shouldn't have. And I'm, you're guessing you're, you're second guessing yourself of, did I, did I shoot the wrong symbols or is it just because the window's so stupidly tight that I missed it? So I, I agree with you. Those are good strategies. I never thought about doing it that way. And I'll certainly like consider that in the future. And again, that's another thing where you point out where it's like, once you master these things, you can probably burn through them really, really quickly and a lot easier, but it's just, again, these are also kind of like, take into consideration initial thoughts right. now, of I'll all give of you what things. you're saying but i think a lot of it is about the servers we've had like really weird issues and a lot of people have said the same i think even the the bungee managers have acknowledged some of this stuff on twitter like also on the last encounter uh when you need to get the laser on on before damage phase yes um, i've seen it sometimes do some... it doesn't it doesn't like it is there's invisible ones and then they're yep. in the wrong place like people see them in different places like there's even videos about like the boss dying in one place and like everybody seeing in in a different place and and things like that. So I think it's a lot of uh, hopefully the hotfix from today will will deal with a lot of that you know stability. Uh, yeah, stability issues mostly that I think happens again with the obelisks. So I think that I will attribute to more of like a server issue of sync issue rather Could than be. yeah. We'll yeah. we'll have to see how it progresses, but but yeah, I think like anyway. Um, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it, it was buggy the first day and I I feel like up until today, uh, it was still buggy. Uh, we ran once after the hotfix today and we didn't have any issues. We had like, uh, uh, like first tries on, on all encounters. So, so I think that it's better, but cool. again, I'm not, I'm not sure. So small change of subject. Do you guys like caretaker as an encounter? Like, do you, do you find it fun? Uh, I, I, I don't. Let me go first. On yeah, one. go for it. I'll say that I think of all of them, this is probably the one I like the least, which is a pity because the actual enemy, like the first scorn, being like the the because the Lord says that he's the first like scorn that has like attempt to have a worm in in, in him or something, right? So we got like this so. giant corn and then like the, the story is really cool, but the encounter is really boring. Like I think it's the worst of all of them because it's literally the only one 
that, and again, I'm not a big fan of this, is like it literally the only one that does require people or not clear that uh, does sacrifice. Like I, you can do it with one person, but it's better, obviously, if you have two. Um, stunning, which is a, a, like a really boring mechanic, right? Like in the end, it's really a boring thing to do. And and then the the two people that have the most weight on their shoulders are the ones like reading the glyphs. Uh, so most of the times it's like people don't want to do that. But then people who learn how to do that, they're like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Because, you know, they're, they're already kind of... And yeah, it happens like the glitchy thing here and there sometimes. But uh, I think of all the encounters is probably the most forgettable. Fair enough. Okay. Rob, Rob, what about you? Uh, so going back to the, hey, this kind of reminds me of previous raids. I was getting kind of a Golgoroth vibe from King's Fall because he's got like a crit spot in the back that you shoot and that like distracts him. Um, so that, that was kind of the vibes I was getting when, when we first started playing it. Um, I agree. It's not super exciting. I also really hate when you're limited on like DPS. Yeah, where it's like you have to do three encounters. And I guess like I, I heard there was some one of the kind of the top clans that's like big on raiding. They were able to take him out in the first encounter, or like first phase, but you still have to do all three of them. So it's like because because, you know, once you get his yellow bar flashing or once you get through that, you can still damage him, but he'll um, he'll disappear before you get to like maybe you do it on the first plate he'll disappear before the second and third plate light up. So you still have to like go through the encounter. So I always kind of find that annoying when it's like, it doesn't matter how much, and that's actually kind of the theme for everything up until the final encounter for this, this raid is there's no benefit to mastering like DPS to a certain degree, because you can't get through any of the encounters technically really any faster um by except being better one. at the rate except for the last one right like you mm -hmm. still have to do all three mm -hmm. stages of caretaker you still have to do all three uh like tiers of the the obelisks in the first encounter the third encounter yes you can kind of run through it faster but it even then like the rate at which the glyph keepers spawn is sort of on somewhat of a set timer so it's like yeah you can maybe shave off a few seconds here and there but it's still basically going to take you about five minutes every time that you do it uh, and so it, it and even then most of the the Rolk encounter is is pretty set in stone in terms of like time where like number of times you have to kind of share and split the buff and and even the amount of time that he's running around and you have to go run to each of those stages. It's not really until the actual DPS part that you're rewarded for doing it faster. Um, and ultimately, yeah, if you can one phase it, then you don't have to go through that whole thing again. In our case, we had to do it three times. Uh, and so we actually got to like enrage as near um, because we kind of screwed up the, the second time, like a bunch of people died. So we had to like revive everyone. So we kind of missed out on, on DPS. Um, so that that's kind of annoying. And, and caretaker is like, I would say probably the most egregious because he explicitly has like a bar yeah. that once you hit it, he like disappears. And that's like kind of frustrating. So it, it is what it is. Um, but I think, I was one of the one of the people I was playing with the other day. We were saying like, yeah, the raid's fun, but it's it's going to be fun until it's not because it's going to take the same amount of time every time you do it. And like, yeah, you can you can shave it under that hour mark, but you're not going to get into that like half hour mark because all of those encounters are kind of like set times. 
Yeah, that, that is true. It's a it's a long one, but also because of the size in the end. Like even the yeah. jumping part and everything. Like Kerver, there's ways to like it, it, like you said. It's it's a funny thing because you're gated on the damage, so you can't kill him like right up on the first floor. You can like if you deposit the last thing on on the obelisk and you stun him at the same time, you sort of glitch him into this like infinite damage stage. Yeah, I've heard about so that. So you can yeah, so so you can like destroy him as he's going up to the center and on the first plate he's gone but once you get to the center he just goes away right or sometimes even before um but the funny part is that that's the only one i don't like because it goes back to and we'll talk about rock but that one forces you to move forces you to kind of you know even if you're just like killing ads and, and and doing this or that and you're not so involved in the other mechanics you're still not tied to standing here and hitting the guy, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And this one does that. This one is back to, like, stand on the circle and, and hit the boss, yeah. which is, for me, the most boring thing. Like, come on, it's been 20 years since, since World of Warcraft came out, you know, come up with something new. I don't know. Uh, which I, they did though which they did and that's yeah, the, that's the funny part like yeah. yeah like other things in the raid are literally like they feel exciting because they're different they're, they're new they're there's something you know that is or now we get to do something in a different way and you yeah. you're not tied to to the plate uh, but this one does so that's maybe also why i don't like it as much i i'm also not a huge fan of where you actually start damaging him varies and you almost kind of like you almost feel punished for clearing the obelisk too quickly because he can still be like moving up the stairs or he can be like stepping on your plate when it's time to be doing DPS. And so it kind of like excludes certain weapons from being used because you can't you can't run up his gut with a rocket launcher because he's standing on your plate because it's time to do damage. And the the window is is, you know, relatively short that it's like he's not moving around a whole lot and it's not till you maybe get to the second or third plate that you can kind of do quote unquote normal damage. So I'm not not a huge fan of that where it's like damage is going to be different every time you do it and it's again kind of feel punished if you do it too quickly um because of him like slowly walking up the stairs. Now that that would be remedied if the plate that you stand on first is always opposite the side he goes up, but instead it's always the side that he goes up and I think that that's kind of like an issue. But yeah, I I I echo a lot of the same sentiments, Robbie. I it's it's kind of an underwhelming experience and the fact that there's no real reward from being able to quote unquote like one phase him just kind of feels like a bummer. So one thing I like about the Caretaker Raid is how cool the environment is. I know it's a yes. simple thing, but like the environment, the whole idea of the encounter is cool in the sense that you get to traverse this massive like staircase looking thing. It's it's pretty cool. The whole visual aspect of it is, is very cool. And I guess we can talk about that in the, the visual section. But I liked the idea of the encounter in the sense that it's it, it's a very big space that you get to work with, which is, yes. which is cool. Um but you guys are talking about something that I think is pretty interesting. So this whole like soft locking boss uh, health bars is kind of like a recurring trend. It seems like in Destiny recently. Uh, yeah. I feel like in the campaign, I think like every single boss has like soft lock, soft locked uh, health bars, where it's like that has like three different phases. You know, I feel like that's yep. every single boss. So does that upset you guys outside of Caretaker? 
Yeah, I, it's funny you bring that up. So I started playing the the campaign uh, on my second character, and I'm going through it legendary because I want to do it solo just to say that I've done it. Um, and yeah, I, it was something I, I had kind of forgotten of like, because I'm halfway through it, and it's like every boss has like three phases, and it's mm-hmm. a little... I, I get that they do that so you can't have a team just like nuke him with like Galahorn and Nova bombs and all of that and like trivialize the whole thing. But it at the same time, it, it feels kind of bad to be. We'll use the term punished, um, but maybe that's not the right term to use. I know I keep using it a lot, but it maybe feels like not the right course of action. And it's kind of a bummer when it's like, oh, I've optimized my my damage output, but it's still limited to uh, him sort of inexplicably getting part like a shield or teleporting away or, you know, what have you. But yeah, yeah. it's like every boss and it, it is it is a little annoying. Robbie, what about you? Yeah, I see it on the on the weekly campaign missions, right? Because now we and I, I think it's a good addition. Like, honestly, like, I know they were on D1 and all that stuff, and I always thought it was great to have them and be able to replay them. Uh, the fact that they locked the alloys behind that, it's kind of like, and with the drop rates, it's a bit of a shame. But I do notice it, like, you know, it's always gated. In in a way, I feel like they tried to do it so that, yeah, you can have, like, the super overpowered weapons, but it also doesn't punish you if you don't. So you can That's still, fair. so you can still kind of have like a, you know, a build that you consider fun and not objectively the best DPS you can have, or bring a gun that you're like, oh, I've never used this gun, you know, I mean, just bring it in, and you're not hurting the team, you're still kind of, you know, doing what you need to do, but you're still not using the Galahorn all the time, and that's actually, and I mentioned this the other day while I was streaming, I was like, I'm so bored of Galahorn. It's it's such a boring weapon, it's like, right? It's like D one year one all over again, and it's just like the, the the problem is that it's just the easy answer to everything. Yeah, and especially on solo content, right? Like, oh, I need to nuke a knight. Well, well, I could suppress him. I could I could blind him. I could do so many things. But no, I'll just you know galhorn him and he's dead. Right, and, and so it it just works out that way. And I feel like this is kind of them trying to answer this in a way of like. Right now, you can just run whatever you want, and you'll still be fine. But in in the other side is is the same thing you were saying about the raid. Like I understand that a raid is, is going to take about an hour, right? Every time I commit to to something like that, especially an, an older one that everybody knows how to do, or things like that, you, you know that you're going to take more than a few strikes. Like it's going to take a while. So right. you commit the time. But if you want to optimize it, you want to you know nuke the boss, and you can. And, and you do it it feels good as well so the gating thing it depends on it depends on your i guess on my mood i would say it like that like if if i want to try a different <laughs> builds, yeah cool you know i enjoy the fact that it's kind of gated and i don't need to carry galhorn everywhere right uh, but if we're like oh i got you know an hour let's do this and, right. and then i gotta run my threaded needle and i gotta you know do this right. and that. So, well i i I'll, I'll always use the example and I think you said it best, Robbie. It's like the, depending on the mood that I'm feeling. Uh, the the best example I can always think of is the Warden of Nothing GM, where that whole final boss encounter is meant to have this kind of like I would say relatively tricky mechanic of like you need to hide behind pillars and any any little barrier that you can find from like the fire attack, but no one does that. 
because it's just so much easier to immediately nuke him and melt him out of existence so you don't even have to bother with it and same with uh uh the the uh lake of shadows gm right it's like the strategy there is just to nuke him because if you don't that that mechanic or that that encounter is so much more difficult to the point that it's not even fun and a lot of people end up wiping because of like how how absurd that it gets in there and so it's like i i think that's like a gm problem and, and i don't mean to to deviate too much but like it, it's a bummer when you can just completely circumvent an intended mechanic or you know like like i just did the communion mission last night where you're you're on the the pyramid in europa and that there's two bosses that each have three three kind of phases where you have to like disable the the barrier and then like you can shoot them a bunch and then you have to disable the three barriers again and you can shoot them a bunch and it's like again i i get why they're doing that because you could just hide in a corner and nuke them with galhorn and you know and then you're just done and that that's not really that interesting um but i i agree with you sometimes it's like it's a how you're feeling cuz sometimes you just want to be done with it and then there's other times like, oh, this is interesting. Hey, I'm encouraged to try these new mechanics. And especially with Void 3.0, it's fun to play with all these different like abilities. But it is it is definitely it's a it's a problem that I think they'll never be able to solve. There's always going to be a group that are either annoyed because you can immediately nuke it. And that's always the preferred strategy. And there's always the other group that's like, this is annoying uh, that I have to actually interact with this mechanic. It's like, well, it's a video game. Like, you should probably be prepared to play it. So I don't know what this, the answer is, but I agree with you, Robbie. The punchline is it kind of just depends on how I'm feeling that day. I think it's a good answer, too. Yeah. <laughs> so onto the third encounter, also known as uh, exhibition or no. Yes, exhibition or artifacts or whatever you want to call it. So, Robbie, do you think this one's fun in comparison to the others? I think this one is the like honestly the the one that will take people the most amount of effort. I think we touched on different like reasons why. Yep. Uh, as we've been talking through, and it feels harder sometimes than the actual last boss. Uh, and that's not because of the difficulty of it, but but just because of like the team composition. I think this one's just gonna vary on like your, you know, your experience will vary depending on who you're playing with, uh, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> You know, it can seem super easy uh, on a run with like people you have confidence in, and then if you LFG it, which I did uh, without mistake the other day, get like, oh, get let's get a second run today, uh, and it was like you know two a.m. and then we're playing with like you know, people who are with different connections and nobody knows what to do and nobody knows anybody, and then it was a big mess. It was fun, uh, but it was a big mess. This is the one everybody's gonna remember. Remember in a <laughs> sense that it like takes longest. And... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Gotcha. Because it, it will, you know, it will elicit frustration, and, but it will also bring friends together. You know, I don't know. I think this is like the one that, that gives you like an emotional response, either good or bad. Uh, it okay, will depend gotcha. on your run. It affects but, you deeply. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one that, that like, you know, turns children into men and uh, yeah. <laughs> in preparation oh for, the, for the final boss that's yeah that makes sense rob what about you do you think this one's fun yeah i i think it's not quite like anything we've really had like i'm trying to think like yeah it's kind of similar to, to vault where there's a lot of people like running around 
But the fact is that it incorporates three artifacts, relics from various raids is also kind of a neat little like, like the first time that I did it, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, and like you're even incorporating like the 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 ages from from Vault of Glass. You can like cleanse people because there's darkness like I think that that's really cool. I think it's a super hectic kind of crazy fight. I think there's definitely like once I did it, I was like, I almost want to do it again because I felt like I had like finally grasped the mechanics really well. And it like when you when you do get it and you have that really clean run, it was really satisfying. Um, again, the symbols are another part of it that I, I I've already made my piece with and, and given my opinion. But I think the actual like the layout of the room, I, I, I think interesting enough, the second to last room is the more difficult of the encounter. The last room is like just kind of a big giant square with a couple like side hallways. Um, and it was kind of like anticlimactic once we got through it. I was like, oh, we're done. It's that previous room where you have like the two staircases that kind of split off and go up and and it kind of like spirals around in a in an interesting way. Like that was definitely tough. But when we finally got it, it felt good. Um, and I think that that's like the takeaway that I have from that encounter is like once you get it, once you master the mechanics, once you kind of get that that cadence down, it feels really satisfying to to complete that that encounter. So I think like yeah. it's fun. It's 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 neat. It literally incorporates aspects of three different raids all into one. It feels kind of like nothing else. I, again, maybe closest comparison is Vault because you're like reading off things and having people run around with a relic to to do a thing. Um, but the the fact that it was the most challenging at part of the raid when I ran it the other night was interesting that it there was no like boss or there was no DPS check. It was like who can clear ads most efficiently and how well can you communicate with the team? And I think that that's really cool. Like, I, again, what makes a good raid? It's the the interesting dynamic of of coordination and combat encounters. And I think that this nailed it pretty well. Yeah, I think I would compare it with something like, and a lot of people maybe have played Final Fantasy XIV lately because it had like a huge boom, right? And that was a, like a really great example for this. And it's something I think I haven't seen on on Destiny. Is so you have the character that I, we we all know what a DPS check is, right? So this is not a DPS check. This is what I would call a mechanics check. Yep. And and that's a thing that we don't have in the game. And and it was really interesting the way they they incorporated it because, like you said, if you had the mechanics down, it it somehow becomes and feels easier. Um, but also feels fun because you know the amount of enemies is is insane enough, but not unmanageable. So that you're having fun getting kills and volatile rounds goes crazy, boom, and you know it's it's hectic. But but you know what's going on, right? And, and it's fun. And then you have all these, and I think that's the whole thing with the raid and the glyphs and all this thing and and the wall that appears after this with the whole story thing. And once you you know able to read the glyphs, is that it brings those other raids back in a way of like my experience in the past is affecting the ending of this like story we had with Savathun and all that stuff in, mm-hmm. in the fact that it's still here. That mattered, right? That happened uh, and we're here with it still. And then for new people that never play them, it's like, oh, now when they do Vault of Glass, they know how to use the relic, right? Right. 
so so it kind of works both ways and, and i love that it's like the whole mechanic thing it's they're taking you know it's, it's like a like a best album mixtape yeah. here <laughs> and that's, that's what i'm saying it's like parts of every every part of that every encounter had elements that felt like oh i've i've done this before in some manner like i said caretaker had like a golgoroth slight feel to it by having to like steal his gaze so to speak by shooting his back you know and it's like that was kind of cool like you said yeah you put it best that it's kind of like a best of um and it was it, it was fun to kind of just run through and and get kind of flavors of all of that so so i so i haven't played the raid since my my world's first attempt but from what i'm hearing to summarize your guys' thoughts this sounds like a very successful raid encounter because one it elicits a emotional response and it is rewarding to figure out the mechanics and figure it all out and then successfully complete it and there's like a skill gap where you can like effectively reach a certain point where you're doing it well and stuff like that and in the sense that like dps checks can't really do that when it's when it's gated like that so it sounds like a very good raid encounter and then i i personally after you guys have talked about it, I'm excited to try it. Yeah, I I think, and we kind of alluded to this before we started kind of diving into the podcast. It, like, everyone has to participate eventually, especially because the last two rooms, because there's a cooldown from using the artifact that you either have to use it in the last room or you have to use it in the second to last room. So it also, again, you can't just carry someone through. Like, yes, you can give them one of the easier relics, so to speak, but they still have to like interact with it, and it still forces them to, like you said, Robbie. Like they'll take, they'll come away from this having learned how to use some of these that end up being useful in in other raids. So, yeah, true. I, true. I think, yeah, I think it's it's a good kind of all encompassing, kind of epitomizing of 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 a good raid encounter. Cool. So on to the final grand boss encounter, Rolk, the Disciple of the Witness, I believe is his subtitle. Um, So, Robbie, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on this final boss of the Disciple? I think it was like a not overly complicated way to to merge all these things that we experienced getting here with the glyphs and and all that stuff. And like not abuse it, like you know, not not make it harder with more mechanics. Just make it feel like a conclusion to what yep. just went through. You know, it's like I don't need a, a harder third encounter. You know, I I needed it to to reach something, and and I think that the whole ascent with the caretaker, and then the, the running with this one, like it it really has like a lot of storytelling. You know thought put into into the whole thing and this one was perfect to me because it's like once you get here you already know what to do it's not like harder than the other ones because you already know how to do it so then you do it and then for me the best part was the the damage phases and all that stuff is like you can't just stand there you can't just you know expect to to I don't know. It, it forces you to move. It forces you to think on your feet. He's not standing in the same spot all the time. Um, there's things kind of still going on around you that you have to be aware of. Like, yeah, you're kind of in this tiny box of, of an arena with no, you know, no cover, no nothing. And actually, one funny thing is like, if you do enrage him, he just pushes you off. 
<laughs> which I thought, I thought was like genius the way they yeah, he, did it. He kicked me and it was great. He just keeps pushing <laughs> you and pushing you and pushing you and then you just fall into nothing, you know? And and I, even that, even even how you end up wiping to to like not being able to kill him is it's like amazingly well thought out, um, and yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel it was like a, a good you know like that feeling that you get when you climb like a hill and you're like oh wow you know it it, it took a while and, and but then that last ten meters that I thought was gonna be the hardest it was just the most rewarding. Cool. So so it's kind of like a final sprint in the sense that it's. It it feels rewarding, but it's not like super challenging to the point where it feels like a roadblock. It's yeah. kind of like a, a downhill stretch. Yeah, and also because I think like the that thing about the gating him is not here. So right. there's a management thing. For example, so so the the raid is uh, fifteen thirty uh, as you go through, um, but the last boss Rolk, he's fifteen fifty. So for efficiency. Uh, and I'm I I'm now above fifteen seventy one. Um, you need to be above seventy one, I think. Some people say seventy. I say seventy one. I don't know. Anyway, once you are past that seventy one mark, you are doing the most efficient damage you can do because you're twenty levels above him. Right. A lot of people are still on the sixties uh, or even on the fifties. So that's why they cannot two face him or or even one face him. But there is like a, a last little bit, you know, like the, how do you call that last Final stand. Bit? The final stand. Yes. Yep. Thank you. So there's a point where like, you, you only get these, you know, three chances because the third one is the enrage and you only get two of those big crystals. So if you mess up on the mechanics, you, you get a second chance, but that's it. You know, there's no third chance here, which I thought was pretty cool. And you don't need it. If you know how right. to do it, you don't need it. And, and that's great as well. And so once people get on the 70s, because, you know, everybody eventually is going to get to, to 1580 because of the artifact and because of that's the master level and stuff. We're still on, what, the third week? Yep. So we're going to get there. So people right now, and some people try to forget that, try to do the best DPS they can, and then they end up in that final stand and they don't have any ammo anymore, they don't have supers anymore, and then they wipe. So right. there's still like a mechanic of you can force yourself to stop dps right and then go for that third phase and just make it easier on yourself because you already did it twice you can do it a third time it's not going to be any tougher um and then it will be super easy because he's almost dead at that point but um for teams who are above the 70 mark you can go for like oh let's one face him let's try to one face him and if we can't it's an easy second phase Right. So I think that's still there. That that works out beautifully without him being gated or anything. It gives still the challenge for teams to try to do it. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's a great great encounter. Awesome, Rob. What about you? Um, yeah. I mean, I I would echo your sentiments, Robbie. It it felt. It was it was intriguing in a different way, and I know this is something like a lot of people on on the forums are talking about, where it's like this is the first boss. So I think everybody's recollection a raid boss where he's interacting with you in a way that's never happened before, where he's actually like he doesn't just get into like okay DPS phase where we drop a well and then just try to nuke him as quickly as possible. Like that entire time he's running around, he's literally kicking you off the side. And, and it's, it's just, it's such a cool dynamic encounter that we've never gotten before. And that 
it, like you said, it kind of felt like a downhill sprint because by that point, you've, you've got a pretty good mastery of the mechanics. And I, I will say with the symbols, at least by the time you get there, you, they're so ingrained in your, in your head that like that is not really the difficult part of the encounter. It's, and what makes it the whole encounter way more interesting and more fun is that, that kind of like battle with him up on his little platform where he's running around with his, his glaive trying to, trying to kick you off the arena. And I think that that's really cool, really neat, uh, and really satisfying when you do finally, finally destroy him. And I, I think it's, it's, feels like a very, very unique experience. And I'm, I'm glad that they didn't overcomplicate getting to that point because then I think it would almost detract from the quality of that. And I, I think, I think the raid speaks for itself up to that point that the, the gimmick there is that, oh, we have a final interesting fight versus just the same old, same old where he does a thing where he stands still for 30 seconds so you can torch him. You know, it's like we, we've done that so many times. I'm so glad that we have something drastically different. And I think that's the reward in and of itself is like just how neat of an encounter it is. Something new, something yeah. innovative, you know. And it's, it's yeah. not that punishing either if you don't get the damage in. And that's one thing I was thinking about and the, the whole management of, of the how much damage you want to make on him uh, that I mentioned before, because it is not punishing in the sense that if you didn't get the damage that phase, you're not going to go into damage without ammo. It, right. like, it gives you time to get your super back. It gives yep. you time to make ammo again. You know, it's actually very forgiving in that sense of like, you already got here, you already got down to like a, a damage phase with him and we're not going to punish you for not being able, you know, to one phase him. Uh, it's it's going to be like super perfectly fine. You're still going to get up there again, full and with your super back and everything. And yep. I, I love that about it. It's really not the punishing in that sense. That's cool. I like the idea of a, of a downhill slope at the end of the raid. Yeah, it's it's it is something different and, and something we've never seen before. And I think that's pretty cool. While yeah. simultaneously being exciting and different and right, you know, still challenging. Of course, not right. like a, it's not like he's a pushover or something. But but yeah, I like that. And like and, cool. and and again to to comparison, it sounds like I'm I'm really picking on Garden of Salvation a lot. I I if I never have to play Garden again. It'll be too soon because I just like I hate that final boss encounter and like the DPS because it's so buggy sometimes and just like it's so uninteresting that he just raises up in the air and just doesn't damage you. And it's all just about how quickly can you drop a well and hit him with Xenophage for five seconds that it's like this is so this is so drastically different and interesting uh, compared compared to that. So it's a breath of fresh air and and. Uh, you know, it's great. That's pretty awesome. I'm I'm excited to play this. I really wish I've uh, gotten a chance <laughs> to jump in there, but this this sounds really cool, and yeah. it's nice we have another big legitimate raid that's like, you know, up there with 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 the big guys and is exciting and new and different. And it's always fun to see Destiny innovate in in new and exciting ways. So, um, speaking of innovating in new and exciting ways, the story and the visuals are, are pretty significant because this is our first foray into a pyramid that's hostile towards us. So this is our first like 
legitimate like pyramid experience. You know, we've yep. only had brief moments in, in pyramids before, like the the one in Shadowkeep on the moon was was like that that simple beyond mission. We barely got to see anything in there. Communion, right. we got to see a little bit more, and now with this this new raid, we got to see a lot more. And this is a hostile pyramid as as uh, mara says so what did you guys think of the visuals because the first thing that i like this was the thing that like made me want to like go in and turn off the hud and take screenshots of everything because i remember the first moment i walked through that first encounter um or got to the first encounter and you walk through that door past the uh exotic quest like symbol room with all the right things on the walls and you walk past and you see that big skybox the worm and the uh the boss room and stuff. And I was like, wow, that is one of the coolest sky boxes I've ever seen in the game. And, um, I ended up taking some, some screenshots of that and everything. It's just, it's, it's super cool looking. So yeah. Rob, what did, what did you think of the visuals overall? Well, I, I, it's funny that you say that because I, I know I was behind you guys when we first got in there. Like I was like a whole solid room behind you and you were all like, oh, wow, what a cool skybox. And I'm like, OK, we're just in a pyramid. It's going to be like dark. <laughs> and, and it was like I, I was not prepared for what that was. And it was just like wh- what, you know, and it was just it, still still mesmerizing. And I I love ab- I absolutely love in the the mission after when you go in there that the 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 worm god that's there is no longer like feeding but it's all like the the kind of the fire so to speak is like extinguished and it's all dark around it and like the the kind of the root that lights up on the side is also just like no longer lit up and it's just it it is it is i i've used this before and i i feel like i'm not i hope i'm not abusing it it was art uh and it was just a a gorgeous sight to to be seen and maybe the best part of it because yeah as you go through the raid you're kind of progressing closer and closer and you just you know that 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 final fight is going to converge onto that that arena and it's just so satisfying like walking through and you kind of get a sense of like where you are where you were where you came from the entire time you're walking through because of uh, because of that and it's it's wonderful yeah i i like the art team yet again you know one one of the most consistent aspects of this game just just kills it again and the pyramid stuff has always been been super cool and that whole aesthetic and art style that they've developed for the pyramid stuff is really cool and being able to see just so much of that weird i don't even know how to describe some of the stuff that they uh like the aspects of the darkness design you know like the the weapons have like the weird spiraling um like polygonal thing in the middle of them. And it's just, there, there's a lot of really cool freaky stuff in there. I think the boss design is insanely cool. Like the fact that we're finally getting to see a, um, like a real darkness character finally. Like I've made fun of the witness before. And I think that, you know, there are some, some issues with, with that design, but, but I think Rolk looks insanely cool and intimidating and different and weird and like something we've never seen before. I mean, even outside of Destiny, it's just, it's a very unique looking character design and it's yep. unsettling and unnatural. And that's exactly what they, they had to do with this darkness stuff. And I think it looks awesome. It's, yeah. um, it's really, really cool. Robbie, what did you think of the, uh, the visuals overall? I, I really like the place. I mean, obviously I studied architecture, so I'm just looking at things and uh, first of all, like the, the slanted ceilings of the pyramid, I know it's a pyramid, but I'm a warlock and I keep bumping on them and falling down. And that's my biggest issue. 
with the diagonal ceilings. <laughs> but, <laughs> but besides that, I love that the aesthetic is just dark and, and they have like this thing that, I mean, maybe some people have played it, uh, you know, back in Halo when you meet the Forerunners and there's like this thing bigger than what you thought existed and they have like this, you know, museum of species that they've encountered and they have them there just kind of like, and, and this had that same feeling. So it, it kind yeah. of allured to me to like the, you know, the history of Bungie again and of previous things they've done. And and how, you know, the darkness in a way, like the symbols after I interpreted it was like, you know, how would it communicate with you, if not with things that you knew maybe how to interpret, right? So it gives you these symbols and, and then to open doors, you have to kind of like talk back to it. And so 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 I still find like some lore into all these and, and things that they put into it. Because for example, I don't know if you guys know this, but like if you, once you get into the, the pyramid, there's going to be three symbols on a totem at the beginning. Uh, let's say something like like traveler worship light, and then throughout the the raid, if you do it in one run because you cannot use checkpoints, there's six secret rooms that you have to open by by shooting a crux. And if you get into this room, there's gonna be a symbol you can shoot, and you you can either have the symbol or you can have the null blank symbol. If it's not one of these three ones that you had at the beginning, you you leave it in null. And then once you get to the last boss, the pyramid rewards you with an extra chest with a guaranteed red border weapon, right? So there's all these like secrets and secret rooms and, and talking to it and it talking to you and you having to kind of like, you know, interact with it in, in like nonverbal ways that are like really interesting, like aesthetically even interesting, you know, as, as someone experiencing a space because yeah, I know it's a video game, but still, like I don't know you guys, but when I play, I kind of you know you you feel the space around you, right? And and it's kind oh, of yeah. the same way architecture works. So like they force you into sometimes feeling smaller than anything, right? Like you're in these like tight corridors with no light, and you're just trying to find your way through. And then sometimes it just pushes you into like these open spaces where you can see that like you felt trapped but in reality you're like in this gigantic you know monumental structure and i think it works great like the way they designed the the path through the pyramid it it, it felt really like an experience oh yeah i feel i like i feel like the the raids are akin in in a sense kind of to i like that they draw on the emotions you kind of feel from like an amusement park ride in the sense that you know it, it, they really like, they do a great job with spectacle. I think is is a simple way to put it, and it it it's awesome. It's really really cool. Do you guys have any final thoughts on on visuals? I mean, we could we could probably devote an entire podcast just talking about talking about that. Like I I mean just from love- the what's that. Okay. I was just going to say, I would love to, um, I'm looking at like art station and stuff and there's just so many talented people who have like worked on these incredible like oh, yeah. pieces of art and I am no graphic designer, but I would love to like talk with them and be like, dude, what was your thought process? Like, how did you make some of this stuff? It's really, really yeah. cool. Well, Anyways, I, continue, I, sorry. You know, no, I, it's just starting like the, the opening kind of the opening where you're in the swamp. And again, this is all still like we're in Savathun's throne world. And you you finally get to this pyramid and then it's like it opens up once you get inside and you're on, like you're not even sure 
if it's like the kind of like clown car thing where it's like the inside is actually much larger because you're, you know, space magic, it's much larger than than the actual outside of it, so to speak. And it, it just it feels like it's unending and there's secrets around every corner and you just you just want to keep exploring. And, and you know, we, we talked briefly about the, the communion level where there's that kind of idea where like the the pyramids like responding to you fighting the cabal in there and like Eris makes that comment of like why why is the why is the pyramid ship kind of like interacting with you and it's like well because you're like a finely honed sharpened weapon that's like worthy of of being part of this and like sort of the idea of like oh we're we're sort of invited into this pyramid ship because it's like they want to see what we're capable of and it's just it's so you know impressive and and I'll 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 kind of be the also the nerd in this aspect of like you know, we've been getting even before D1 launched, we've been getting concept art involving the pyramids and like those statues. And this this feels like like a new step and a new stride for for like the Destiny franchise of like, wow, we we fought like the closest thing now that we have to like the quote unquote like true darkness and like the witness. And this is it. This is an enemy type that we've never experienced or fought before. This this Rolk guy, and like this is uh, like I I walked away from this raid just being even more excited for what's in store for the rest of this franchise. Like that's like that's like the meta sort of takeaway I have for this whole thing is like what are, what are we gonna do next? Like we this seems like we what we've accomplished in in defeating this this disciple of the witness and like where do we go from here man because this is insane and it's getting even more insane and it just like it feels like we're even like you said robbie like we're so small in this giant world that's becoming even more and more like just overwhelming in 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 scope and scale and it's just it's such a great feeling um to see where this this game is going to go and i'm just like i i couldn't be more excited yeah i think my takeout of the whole experience you know going through the campaign and and everything up to this raid it's like i feel like in order to have like a great beginning of something you need a great ending and this gave me that so i'm i'm happy as like a conclusion to like the to a lot of things story? that okay. we were, yeah, to a lot of things that we were kind of like, even, and, and this is a joke I make, but like the hidden and the psyops from like the cabal, you know, like, so we were Vanguard, but then there were like hidden guys that are better than us, better guard. I don't, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's basically like uh, Destiny Black Ops, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Kind of interesting. So that's about all the time we have today. Uh, today folks so thank you guys for stopping by and listening thank you robin robbie for uh hopping on and chatting with me as always and uh we're looking forward to see seeing the the future of destiny of course um and we'll see you guys all next week bye Ciao. you can put this voice recording away and go on with your life because you and i both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found at our podcast description.